don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And, 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 and in the English language, we try our best to, to you know, with, with the translation from either Hebrew or Greek into English, we try our best to, or the, the translators try their best to put punctuation in the right place and to, to understand what the scriptures are saying. But when, when, when Jesus said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. I, I don't think it's too, uh, too much to assume that the emphasis is on the word will. The rocks will. It is a done deal. It's said and done. I can either be a part of the kingdom of God and his plan and be completely sold out to him and be a worshiper and be a part of his kingdom. I, I, that, that choice is up to me. But it's already written, the rocks will cry. Somebody's going to cry out if I don't. I just want to be a part of God's ultimate plan and a part of his kingdom. I don't want to be on the sidelines watching, watching it all pass me by and watching God use other people and pour out his spirit in other places. But I want this place to be a place of habitation, not just a place where God comes down every now and then and, and gives us goosebumps, but I want to be a part of this last day church where the Holy Ghost is being poured out throughout the earth. I want to be right in the middle of everything that God is doing. Me, me, I'm going to be a part of it. Praise God. Matthew chapter number four. Praise God. Matthew chapter number four. Beginning with verse number one. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Some of you are here today, and there is an offer on the table. There is an offer on the table in your life. 
sitting there. And you've been looking at it. But I'm going to preach this morning that you need to get the offer off of the table. Maybe seated this morning. Here in the temptation of Christ, we see really a clash of two kingdoms. Jesus goes into the wilderness and he has fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He's hungry because he is just as human as you and I are. He is fully God and fully man. And the tempter comes to him and begins to put an offer on the table. See, the Bible says that he was in all points tempted just as we are. There are three main areas that you can, that you can consolidate every sin into, and that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. In all points, Jesus was tempted. And there was an offer that was on the table that he had to look at and he was faced with that temptation. When he went to Calvary and he paid the price, the sacrifice for our sins, and, and we see the gospel come into completion through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he went to Calvary having been tempted like you and I are tempted. Meaning there's an offer on the table, which one are you going to take? Every single one of us here today have in front of us or have at one time had in front of us the offer. Are you going to take the offer that brings you instant gratification? Or are you going to reject the offer that causes you to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow Jesus? You see, it's not, to, to the flesh, it is not an appealing offer to deny myself, to take up my cross, and to follow him. But the difference between the offer that the tempter or the adversary brings you and what Jesus Christ will give you is an eternal reward that no man can take away from you. But the reward that is put in front of you that is instantly gratifying to your flesh and to your own will is something that you can instantly, uh, that you can instantly find pleasure in in a moment. But when the moment is all said and done, it leaves you with nothing. And this is the offer that is placed in front of everybody. Everybody, time and time again, you will, you will over and over again revisit the table where the tempter comes to you and brings you something that seems that it will bring you a gratification and it will bring you something that, 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 that you can indulge in right now and it is what your flesh wants and it is what your will desires and it, is, and it seems as though it is everything that you could ever want. Uh, 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 the, the final part of the temptation, the Bible says that... that uh, Jesus uh, came to, he came, uh, taking them to an exceeding high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. There was this temptation between kingdoms. 
There is a supernatural temptation that is happening here. He's showing him something that his flesh would desire in the moment. This is what, this is what the, the top one percenters are after. They've gotten a glimpse of the kingdoms of this world and they have spent their entire lives chasing after something that, that is very real to them in the here and now. They have seen the kingdoms of the world. They seek to climb to the pinnacle of whatever it is that they have indulged in and they have a view of everything that is available to mankind that his flesh can indulge in. The adversary has the ability to look at them and say, here, let me show you something. It was, it was that final, it was that final temptation where he sees the kingdoms of the world and he shows it to him. If you will only bow down and worship me, I will give this to you right now. See, Satan is a master. He is a professional. He is the master of masters of, of, of giving you something right now and not showing you the back end of the deal. Oh, it's, it's, it's I, 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 the, the story of when John the Baptist, uh, when he was executed, it starts out that it was, uh, and, and I, I, haven't, I haven't even read this this morning or even, even recently, but uh, uh, the story is as, as uh, King Herod is, is there, he, I believe it is his daughter-in-law that uh, uh, comes and dances before him. She dances before him and she pleases him. And he looks at her and says, I'll give you anything you want up to half the kingdom. Well, what he didn't know was that that young lady and her mom had already fixed the price behind closed doors. They had already decided if he, if he offers you anything, what you want is the head of John the Baptist. Now, what, what, what I didn't understand until recently is, is, is King Herod liked John the Baptist. He participated in a lot of the things that he preached. King Herod was not anti-John the Baptist. He was not trying to get him executed. But when... This woman danced before him and pleased him. And he then says, what is it that you want? I'll give you anything up to half the kingdom. She said, oh, I've got him right where I want him now. And she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a charger. What that story is telling us is that when there is something presented before you, and you take the bait and you make the wrong decision, you're going to have to pay a price that you did not intend on paying because the price has already been fixed behind closed doors that you are not privy to that information. Who I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is a separation. There is a, there is a decision to be made when Jesus is looking at the adversary and the adversary places two, places two decisions before him and says, or places a decision before him and paints the picture and shows him the kingdom of the world. And, and he shows him and looks at him and says, if you are the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Please your flesh in the moment. 
Let your flesh be gratified. You've been, you're hungry. You've been hungry for 40 days. You fasted. Now, please, your friend, if, if you're really who you say you are, then turn these stones into bread. And he, like anybody else, was tempted with the fact he had been fasting for 40 days. Some of us can't even take it 40 minutes. Like, I'll fast. Oh, well, no, I'll fast tomorrow. 40 days. And he faces the temptation of turning the stones into bread. Takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says, if you're the son of you're the son of God. Cast yourself off of here. The, the angels will bear you up. He was quoting scripture. See, the devil knows scripture really, really, really well. He knows scripture too. It says, cast yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. Angels will bear thee up. As you dash your foot against the stone. It says, you're not going to tempt me. What was he tempting him to do? He was tempting him with the pride, his own pride. In all points he was tempted, but there's this, there's this offer that's on the table that he's going to have to make a decision with the offer that's on the table. And there is this clash, there is this war between kingdoms where a decision has got to be made. There's no, there's no if, and, or buts about it. A, a decision will be made. A, a, an, an offer will be taken. It's, it's whether or not I take the offer that pleases my flesh in the moment or that, that delays my, my gratification, that delays the pleasure that I am really looking for. I, I think I made the statement a week or two ago. It, you, we, it, we've got to get to the place where we really, really do believe that the pleasures of that we can really indulge in are really at the right hand of Almighty God. The Bible says at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. But it's hard for our, our mind to grab a hold of the fact that there really is pleasure at the right hand of God. When there is placed before me the pleasure and the instant gratification of what is before me and I'm faced with these decisions either I'm going to make the decision to, 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 to uh, uh, obey my flesh or to indulge in my flesh the temptation that is before me to, to, uh, to gratify my flesh in the moment or to say I will deny myself I will take up my cross and I will follow Jesus it's when Jesus is standing before Pilate that he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. That wasn't a decision he made in the moment as he's standing before Pilate, but this was a decision that he had made three and a half years ago as he's in the wilderness and he's looking at the kingdoms of the world and at that moment he decided, my kingdom is not of this world. I will not be tempted with the kingdoms of this world. I will not take the bait and I will not try to gratify myself with being worshipped and being bowed down to and having control of just the kingdoms of this world. But my my, my sights are set on something far greater than anything that this world, this natural, this carnal world could ever give me. You see, the flesh of Jesus Christ was tempted just like our flesh is tempted. And there's this wrestling match of two kingdoms. 
that he has got to conquer before he goes forth and he begins to minister because it is that understanding, it is that reality that his kingdom is not of this world that's going to give him the ability to allow those soldiers to tie him to the whipping post and take the cat of nine tails. The only way that he could do that is because he had made up in his mind that my kingdom is not of this world. You see, the Bible says that he endured the cross despising the shame. Why? For the joy that was set before him. There was joy that was out beyond the here and now that he said, I want that joy rather than this pleasure. I want that joy rather than the instant gratification I can get right here and right now. I want what only I can obtain through the right decision. But everybody that's going to live for God will sit at the table, will be in a will wilderness experience and the tempter will come and say I can give you something right now that will please your flesh now I can give you something right now that that you can take it and it will pacify you for the rest of your life possibly I can give you something right now that if you take this if you make the decision to obey the lust of your flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life there will be a gratification that is there that is so intoxicating that you will probably never come back to the, the place of uh, the state of mind where you can make the right decision to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm telling somebody this morning, you need to get the offer off of the table. There is an easy way out. There is an easy way out of the temptation by taking what the tempter is offering you. But I'm here to preach to somebody that there is a joy that is set before you on the other side of any temporal temptation. Wherever there is temptation, there is a lie. There is a lie in there somewhere. There's a lie. There's something that my flesh is hiding from me. There's something that the tempter is not telling me. There's something I am blind to when I am tempted by something. That's the only way anybody ever falls into temptation is because the Bible tells us that when that, that when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. There is only death on the other side of falling into temptation and wallowing in the muck and the mire of sin as I have fallen into temptation. That is the end. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It is the word of God. It is eternally true that if I fall into temptation and I make the wrong decision, the only outcome outside of the blood of Jesus Christ is certain death for my soul. Temptation. Temptation will always, will always bring me instant gratification, instant relief. That's why, that's why the, the, the billions and billions of dollars of money, billions and billions is spent on drugs because there is instant relief, instantaneous from the pain. All the alcohol that is consumed, there is instantaneous relief. So everybody, everybody that will ever live will sit at the table of temptation. There'll be an offer on the table. And the tempter will make you an offer. Say, 
if you will take this, you can have immediate gratification. You see, the same Jesus that looked out over the kingdoms of the world and was tempted by the kingdoms of the world was the same Jesus that ascended on the mountain, ascended into heaven, and, 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 and then poured out his spirit on all that would receive it. You see, he could have exchanged a temporary temptation or had an exchange there and got temporary gratification and all the kingdoms of the world bowed down to him or, as the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Oh, it's going to happen. It was just going to be delayed in that moment. And his flesh had to say, no, I will not fall into the immediate uh, 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 gratification zone. I will not be tempted and fall into uh, receiving instant gratification of what I'm ultimately going to receive, uh, but on a whole different level than anything this world can offer me. But, but we all find ourselves in one way or another. It may be in sin. It may be regarding sin. It may be regarding the will of God. It may be regarding the call of God upon my life and the will of God for me. There, there, there will always be a temptation for instant gratification in one way or another. There will always be an option in front of me. You see, I, I, we, are the, we are the clay and he is the potter. But God will not stop me from getting off of the potter's wheel and saying, you know what, God, I don't really want this. I want instant gratification. I don't want to deal with the pressure of being shaped and molded and formed. But God, just get me out of this situation. I, 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 this is too uncomfortable for me and God will not stop me from taking the easy way out and, and, and taking the, the way of, of instant gratification where my flesh is no longer challenged. But when somebody says, I will not take the offer that is in front of me that seems to be the instant easy way out that seems to be the instant gratification of my flesh. I'll fight the battles that are necessary because the joy that is in front of me, the joy that may not be here right now yet, but there is a joy that is set before me in the days and the months and the weeks and the years to come. There is, there is joy that is set before me. I choose to stand on the word of God. I choose to believe the word of God. I choose not to take the temptation that's in front of me and just accept the easy way out. You've got to understand that, that, that a soul is so valuable. Every Every soul is so valuable that both God and the devil will never quit fighting over that soul. That's how valuable your soul is. The adversary will come to you with temptation. He will come to you with an offer on the table and say, if you'll just take this, you can get it right now. If you'll just take this offer, he'll, he'll, he'll set circumstances up in such a way that there is an easy way out. But God's people who have got a glimpse of the glory of God, who have got a glimpse of his will, and desire to please him and desire to take up the cross and follow him will say no I choose to, to reject the, the, the instant gratification of whatever the temptation brings me right now there's kingdoms there's things in your view this morning things you've been viewing and looking at and it's so tempting it could, be, it could be a million different things. But there's an offer on the table. There's an offer. And if you're going to be in the perfect will of God, 
there are some things you're just going to have to settle. You just have to settle it. That's what Jesus did there in the wilderness. He dealt with it and he settled it. He settled it. You see, the, the enemy loves to be entertained and he'll come around as long as he thinks your mind isn't made up. I'm going to tell you, there's some temptations you just won't deal with once you get your mind made up. See, the devil understands and knows when somebody's got a made-up mind. I'm not saying you're never, ever going to be tempted by anything, but there are some temptations that will just flat out go away when the enemy realizes, I'm wasting my time on them. You, you've got to get to a place in your life and you've got to settle some issues in your life where you realize where the, where the, where the devil, the enemy of your soul, the adversary, that's what devil means, the, the adversary realizes that the, it's, it's done, it's settled, it's over with. They won't listen to me if I come around. They won't pay me any attention if I try to get them distracted. I'm going to be wasting my time. I might as well find somebody else that hasn't got their mind made up. I might as well find somebody else that hasn't settled it. And I determined a long time ago as, as the Lord has brought me to, 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 to junctures in my life where I realized that there was an offer on the table. I've, I've lived for God just long enough where I've realized now if there is temptation before me for whatever it is, when I come to that temptation, there's only one option and that option is I better settle it right here and right now. I will not be tempted and drawn away from the will of God in my life. I will not be tempted and drawn away from the word of God, from the spirit of God. I will not be tempted and drawn away from what God has for me. Lift your hands up to the Lord right now and lift your voice right now and just tell him that, God, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to fall for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. Somebody's got to make up in your mind that whenever temptation comes my way, I'm not going to be drawn to the right. I'm not going to be drawn to the left. I'm not going to be distracted, but I'm going to have one response. It is written, you shall not tempt me. You shall not have authority over me. You shall not defeat me with whatever it is. Hallelujah. There are people in this room even this morning that there's an offer on the table. There's an offer on the table. You can leave here today. You can walk out of this building right now and you can have whatever it is that is being that you are being tempted with right now. You don't have to wait. You can have it now. That preacher's crazy. This, it's going to take too long to get the blessings of God. It's going to take too long to see the favor of God come in your life. It's going to take too long for, for God to really pour out his blessings. Uh, you'd never believe the things that, that, that people have said to me regarding, uh, regarding all kinds of things and how God isn't coming through for them and God isn't doing this and God isn't doing that. Let me tell you, there's a difference between the two kingdoms. The kingdom that was showed to Christ on the top of that mountain is an instant gratification kingdom. It comes to you right now. You can check out in your brain right now. You can have the pleasure that you want right now. You can have whatever it is you desire. You can have it right now. You can, you can get out of that uncomfortable situation right now by doing this. There's a temptation that's set before you and it's there on the table and you're looking at it and you're analyzing it and you're trying to think about it well, because you know that the word of God is true but you also understand that the full blessing and favor of God is not poured out on you in just one week. How many, 
we go down the list. We go down the list of superstars that have stood on stages under the lights and the smoke and that have entertained people by the thousands and the hundreds of thousands and watched their life be absolutely destroyed. How many have died of drug overdoses? You know the difference between a rich entertainer and a poor person don't have nothing? The rich entertainer just has more money to sin with. That's all it is. They just have more money to numb the pain with. They just have more money to, to put stuff in their body that gets them away from all of the reality. See, there's nobody that's, that has escaped the frailty of their own human flesh and their carnality. But we could go down the list here right now of people that were at the top of their career. They were worshipped. They were praised. They were offered everything that life has to offer. But at the end of it, it was just it was just a sad crash and burn. And, and it was a sad funeral. And, 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 and people had to, to think of, of good things to say because of how their life ended and it was so embarrassing of how it did end. You know why? Because when Satan offers somebody the kingdoms of this world and he offers them something up front there's always a price on the back end of the deal that he's not telling them about. There's always a price that they will pay that is not that is not written in the fine, fine print. It's completely uh, uh, hidden from them altogether. That's what Satan does and, and with every temptation with every temptation that comes your way there's something that it's not in the fine print. It's nowhere on the contract. It's nowhere on the author on the, on the offer because Satan is a liar and he completely hides it from you. He completely keeps it out of the details because he wants you to take the here and now offer. And right now God is doing a work in his church and he's saying, how many of you will deny yourself? You will take up your cross and you will follow me. You see, there's always, there's always a temptation that comes down to every day. I can, I can just sleep into church. I, I can go to church next week. Instant gratification. Whew. You see, the promises of God are in him, yea, and amen. The word of God is true. The, word, the problem is not with this right here. But, 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 but when, we, when we get weary and we're frustrated and we're struggling, we like to point to this and say there must be something wrong with this. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. The word of God is true. Every, every word is true. Every, every, every jot, every tittle, every, every, every word, every verse, every book, it is truth. There's no one truth that contradicts another truth. But all of it is true. And I'm faced with the temptation. And, and, and God tempts, or, or, or the enemy tempts people differently based upon where they are in their, in their phase of life or how old they are. The temptations that things that appeal to me as a teenager are not the same things that would necessarily appeal to me uh, when I'm in my 50s, 60s, or 70s. You see, there's, 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 there's seasons and seasons change in life, but there's always, there's always some type of temptation that is there. There always can be some type of offer on the table, table until... And that's why so many people 
never overcome certain things in their life because they were never able to look at that offer as good as it was and just say, you know what? I'm not for sale. There, there's, there's no amount of temptation. There's nothing that is instantly gratifying that, that I'm going to feed into right now, that I'm going to, that I'm going to pay attention to, but I'm going to take every offer that's on the table. I'm going to look at that temptation no matter what it is, no matter how, how hard the opposite end of the equation is, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to, to deny myself and take up my cross and to follow him. cannot do it without dying to yourself. You cannot do it without putting to death the deeds of my mortal body. I, if I'm going to serve him, if I'm going to live for him, I, I, I love talking about blessings and favor. I love talking about the, the blessings of God that are forever and the, and the promises of God that are in him, yea, and are in him, amen. But I'm going to tell you that the, the, there's two equations in front of you. There are two options in front of you. One will give you instant gratification and an instant good time and it will give you something instantly that you can have a good time and, and all the friends will be around and all of, the, all of the things that your flesh desires, it, will be, it can be indulged in right now. All the pressure can be gone. Now. And Satan comes to people and says, if you live for God, it's just going to be boring. If you live for God, you're just not going to, it's just... You know, the world's really having the fun. Everybody in sin, they're really, it's, it's, that's where the fun really is. That's, that's where the good time really, really is. And, and, and all these people that live for God, just, their life is just so boring. And, and what, what, the, what the, the truth of the matter is, is you don't know the difference between life and life more abundantly. But if I'm going to get to the life more abundantly, I'm going to have to make a decision that God, I'm going to trust your word, even when the days are not, are, 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 even in the, in, the, in the days that are difficult and the dark days, because there is a joy that is set before me. There is a joy that is beyond me right now. You see, Jesus went through the same thing as he crawled up on the cross and he allowed them to crucify him. He had joy. He had gotten a glimpse of glory beyond the cross. He had gotten a glimpse of something beyond the battle. He had gotten a glimpse of something in his spirit beyond the hardship of the here and now and said, I know it's tough right now, but I've got my eyes set on something totally different. I've got my mind set on something totally different. I'm all in. I'm 100% in. I'm not 50% in. I'm not just going to dip my toes in the water and see, but I'm going to get every offer that Satan would give me off of the table, and I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to die, deny myself. I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to live unto the Lord. Lift up your hands right now and just tell him that right now, God. I'm going to get every offer off the table. God is talking to some people here this morning. He's trying to speak to somebody here today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That voice that says it's too hard to live for God. It's too difficult. But I've got something else for you. I've got something to give you instant gratification. Satan always has. He always has. An alternative. God is not the alternative to anything. The blessings of God are not the alternative. Everything in the world is the alternative. It is the generic version 
of what God offers. It's cheaper. It doesn't cost as much. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when you get generic. That's why, that's why when we go to the grocery store, we, we look at the price and consider the taste difference. Like how different is it? Like is it slightly different? If it's just slightly different and it's a big price gap, oh, we'll go with the, we'll go with the generic because it costs less. That's why people often go with the first offer. It doesn't cost you anything up front. It doesn't cost you anything up front. But just as there was a price to pay, King Herod was going to have to pay the dancer. He just didn't know how much he was going to have to pay when it was all said and done. There was instant gratification. But he made the wrong decision. And there's always an ease of the pressure in my life. There's always an ease. It makes life easier when I take the, the offer in front of me that's easy for me to take it. It just, it's, it's, like, it's like there's, there's freedom and there's, and there's liberty because I took the offer that was in front of me and, and all of a sudden life is easier and I'm, I've escaped the pressure and, and I've escaped the, the doing it the hard way or the, or the opposite way, missing completely what God would give you if you would serve him in the long run. As I get older and I see the blessings of God begin to materialize in my life, I begin to be more thankful and more thankful and more thankful and more thankful that I took the right offer. That I decided instead of the, uh, of the instant gratification, I instead, I, I decided to deny myself, to take up my cross, and to follow him. Let me tell you the will of God. Satan loves to paint the will of God as the most boring lifestyle. And, and, and as long as you stay away from uh, really getting into it. You see, the way that, that Jesus refuted the tempter was with the word of God. And, and sadly enough, there are so many amongst us in Christianity that are just biblically illiterate that we don't know what to say, do, or we, because we don't get into our Bible and get to know what the Word of God says. But when I get into the Word of God and, and I understand and begin to get a grasp and a realization of the promises of God, then I get a grasp and I get a glimpse of the glory of God because I can't have a, gla- a, a grasp and a glimpse of the glory of God without the Spirit of God. But when I, when, when I give myself to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God, just like it says in Revelation chapter 1, John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and it was on that day that Jesus began to speak to him and began to tell him more about himself he got a glimpse of another world that was beyond this world and he picked up the pen and he began to write as John the revelator gave us the book of revelation the revelation of Jesus Christ and of all the things that would transpire I'm going to tell you that when you yield yourself to the spirit of God and you yield yourself to the word of God and you get a hold of the promises of God, then you get a glimpse of glory, another world, another kingdom that Satan cannot show you and he does not want to show you because once you get a glimpse of that kingdom, once you get a glimpse of the glory of God, then you will reject every offer that is on the table, but you've got to make the decision not knowing everything that God is going to do for you. 
God doesn't tell you every blessing he's going to give you. He does it on purpose because he wants you to make a decision, not seeing everything he's going to give you. You've got to take him at his word and say that, that, that there's joy set before me. I don't know everything that God has laid up for me, but the Bible does say, I hath not seen. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. I hath not seen and ear hath not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But the Lord has revealed them unto us by his spirit. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning, you've got to get a glimpse of glory and get that offer from the enemy off the table. You've got to get a glimpse of the glory of God and the promises of God and get that offer out of your presence. There's an offer there. It's on the table. And we see what happens when somebody has a promise from God and then they get involved. Nobody better to look at than Abraham and Sarah. God gave them a promise. You're going to have a son. Then month number one ticks by. Six months. A year. No baby. Five years. No Isaac. Ten years. No Isaac. And then somebody gets this grandiose idea. Oh, your handmaid, Hagar. You see, the, the, the whole idea of Abraham taking his wife's handmaid and having a child with her was not some idea that they, they just kind of thought up. Did you know that? It was customary in the land that they came out of Earl the Chaldees. So they went back to their old custom and said, let's try it the way that it used to work in our old custom. And all they did was create problems that we're still dealing with today. That should scare everybody to death, even to know that Abraham, the father of the faithful, was not exempt from the consequences of making a bad decision. What makes you think you and I? Ooh, man, I feel angels in this place right now. God's trying to talk to somebody. What makes you think you or I, God's going to somehow make some exception that we can sow seeds and then pray for a crop failure? There's an offer on the table. His promises are yea and amen. If God spoke it to you, he shall perform it. If God, if God spoke it to you, he shall make it good. He's going to do what he said he was going to do. But you've got an offer on the table, either the instant gratification or you can, you can, you can get a grasp of something beyond this kingdom instead of looking at the kingdoms of this world and looking at the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life and the things that would relinquish you from every pressure that you're currently up against. Oh, yes, there are, there are pressures that come against us as God is molding us and shaping us that will drive us crazy. And Satan always, has an out. He's always got an opportunity. But I have watched as people have made the decision to deny themselves to take up their cross and follow me. Not one of them have ever come back and say, I wished I would have taken the first offer. Stay with me this morning. 
He didn't know I was going to say this. But I think it'll be all right. It was quite a transition when you came here. Frustration, a lot of questions, a lot of stuff. And that voice came. I know it did. It'd be easier somewhere else. But God was doing something. And I've watched as a flow has started to come out of him that's different than it was when he came here. It's a different flow. There could have been instant. And I, and I, and I you know, I went to Bible school with him too. My little Bible college degree got me a seat on the organ. And it wasn't like that for everybody else. But I knew I was in the will of God. There was instant gratification offers. Oh, yeah. But I chose. I chose. I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision. I'm going to take that instant gratification. Or I'm going to believe the word of God that there's something ahead of me that I would never imagine. There's an offer on your table today. Which one are you going to take? I, I don't know what offer is in front of you. I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. But I'll tell you which one. To, I'll tell you which offer that you need to take. You need to take the offer that says, deny yourself. Humble yourself. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Find a place of death at an altar where your human will dies so that his will can live. No matter what that costs you in the moment, no matter who dislikes you, who disowns you, who disapproves of you, I'll be unpopular if I've got to be. I'm not going to take the, the option of instant gratification. It's pulling at you. I know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When I left Bible school, all of my friends were preaching, doing this and that. And I got to play the organ. Now, I'm preaching. I'm trying to figure out how I can get back on the organ because everybody likes that. <laughs> trying to figure out how I can go sell ice cream. Everybody likes the person selling ice cream. I'm trying to get back to where I was trying to get away from before. That's what my flesh wants to do. But I've got to find a place of death. I say, God, I'm not going to take that instant gratification offer. I'm not going to do it. I know it looks appealing. I know it's a lot of lights and a lot of sparkle. I wish somebody would gather with me around this altar and be honest with yourself and say, I've, got, I've had an offer on the table. I've been contemplating some things that would take the pressure off. I've been contemplating some things that would give me instant gratification. I've been contemplating some things that it would be easier to do that, but no. 
Somebody gather with me around this altar right now. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. Let the Lord talk to you in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, the Lord wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to give you life and give you life more abundantly. He wants to do something for you that will leave you different all of your life. It will not make every day tulips and roses, but the blessings of God and the favor of God will begin to work in your life today. It will begin to be planted in your life today. Somebody gather with me close around this altar right now. Somebody come all the way to the front and say, God, I'm going to erase every offer on the table. I'm going to get it off of the table of my life. I'm not even going to contemplate it any longer. I'm not going to entertain it any longer. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to take the road least traveled. I'm going to take the road where I deny myself and I take up my cross and I follow you. I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands and lift your voice to the Lord right now. Lift your head up to him right now. I want you to do it like you're looking up to him right now and say, God, I choose the offer that you're giving me. I choose the blessing and the favor of God. It may not be manifested tomorrow, but I know it's on the way. I know it's coming. That's the one I want. I want blessing. I don't want instant gratification. I don't want an instant relief. 